Hello and welcome to the Moncast. A podcast where we watch Pokemon and Digimon in tandem and discuss the similarities and differences that they share. My name is definitely Sam. And I think my name's Stevie. You sure? 75% chance. Good enough. The score currently stands at 2119 to Pokemon and this time we're watching episode 41, The March of the Executor Squad and Seasick and Tired. Administration across the nation. This is a theme song. It's not very long. As usual, we just have lots and lots of tweets. We have tweets from at Connor with a note, who messages us quite frequently now, which is really nice. And he did decide to support me on Patreon, which was also really nice and super awesome. So thank you, Connor. Also, thank you to Joe, who supported me as well. I realise I've not thanked any of them yet, so I'm doing that now. Anyway, I'm just going to read out the tweets. Still no love for Puppet Man. Don't you know he has no friends? He has no friends. It's important. Mm-hmm. Eh, he's alright. I think he's my second favourite Dark Master. He definitely has the best arc of the Dark Masters. I like Machine Drummer, like I've said before, because it's just a giant metal dragon cannon thing then i like puppet mon because it's like a human sized wooden thing puppet it's got my favorite weapon i love gun hammers in monster hunter i have a gun hammer and then i like piedmon because piedmon's cool and i just i cannot be bothered with metal sidramon oh that's a shame continuing on with tweets sorry i just i just halted the entire flow of conversation then who just like i'm going to list off all the dark masters and why i like or dislike them yeah why not i suppose it's relevant enough <laughs> anyway i then explained to connor why i prefer piedmon over puppetmon and made a card joke saying that piedmon trumps puppetmon because haha cards and then they replied with a card joke saying that my joke was aces then i replied saying thank you i like jokes that get straight to the point and try to flush away the ones that don't hold water and then i sent another one <laughs> which said i could tell these diamond jokes in spades but then you'd want to club me around the head till my heart stops beating. I was so proud of all of these tweets. Yes, you were. And then you complained. You complained because you were getting all the notifications about my amazing jokes. Yeah, it was. And then Connor just says, good luck escaping. You don't stand a ghost of a chance, Sam. Yep, I know. The best jokes ever. So good. I make the best jokes and you cannot deny it. <sighs> I'm trying to watch Blue Jasmine and it's all emotional and you're there. Just bing, bing, card jokes, card jokes, bing, bing. Thanks. I should read out some more that Connor made as well, because there was one more tweet that says, You really are a joker. You seem to be full house of royally good puns. I queen-sitter you a king of jacking out puns. Bit more forced than mine were, but still, some good ones in there. And that's pretty much all the administration I have. We have another tweet. Yeah, but you tweeted it. I did. What did I tweet? <laughs> you tweeted when I said I wanted to go get cheese on toast. As if it was a bad thing, but it's not a bad thing, Sam. It's not. It's a good thing. You are a precious gem and you must be protected. What basically happened in the Slack, we were going to record at five o'clock and then I got a message off Stevie saying, can, can I wait like 15 minutes because they really, really needed cheese on toast. I was like, yeah, go ahead. That's fine. I appreciate this. And then the world had to know how you were just like, I want to record, but I really want cheese on toast right now. Was it good cheese on toast though? It was definitely good cheese on toast. Next time I'm going to get different, better cheese. And put more of it on so that I really get the cheese flavour. If you get two different types of cheese and then also get Liam Perrin's Worcester sauce, it's the best. I might try the two cheese things. 
because I've not run out of that first cheese. Yeah, like when I do cheese on toast, sometimes I do like four cheese, but I'm super fancy with fancy ingredients because I'm an adult. I'm just going to tweet something now. Why? Because it's in my head. Look at this live administration happening right just now. I just sent a tweet to May from Lost in Translation Mom, which just says, we miss you in administration, please catch up. Why would you do that? They have a busy life. It's not mean. It's like, we liked getting your messages. Please send us messages. Because <laughs> when we don't get enough messages, we start talking about cheese on toast. And the problem is... I think that's everything. Stevie here, just with a quick mention of something that we forgot to say in the demonstration, which is that we're not going to be doing midweek episodes throughout November because Sam is super busy, so we just don't have time to do two episodes a week. So it'll just be the Saturdays. And that's why there wasn't any episode on Tuesday or Wednesday at all this week because this is it now. And once again, sorry for the explosions that are probably in the background in this one. We recorded on Bonfire Night, and for some reason people started at like 5 in the afternoon, which is really early. It's barely gone dark. But yeah, that's it. I think my voice is a bit croaky, but eh, you can deal with it. Yeah, back to the main thing, what we do. The first episode we are watching this time is The March of the Executor Squad. The gang wind up at a town carnival and split up to enjoy the attractions. Misty and Pikachu end up finding an out-of-luck magician who needs Misty's help as an assistant for his magic show. When Ash and Co realise he's acted terrible, they offer to help him, and at one point, the magicians execute hypnotise Ash. The magician suddenly turns evil for some reason and kidnaps Ash and gets him to identify and fight a herd of executor for him, so that he can use their hypnosis to control everyone in town to go and watch his show. Unfortunately, the executor lose control and start stampeding through town and Ash tries to use Charmander to stop them as they are all weak to fire attacks. Once they are all stopped Charmander evolves into an angsty teen and the gang set off ignoring the fact that a magician kidnapped Ash and wanted to take over an entire town. So it starts off with them in a carnival which is different from a forest because normally they're in a forest. Well it's a carnival surrounded by a forest. It's actually right next door to Leaf Forest. It's literally called Leaf Forest. They couldn't think of anything else. It's the most inventive name I've ever heard for a forest. It's a bit like calling it Tree Woods or Water Lake. So yeah, the everybody splits up and Misty and Pikachu decide to spend time together and I think it's really cute. Yeah, they both run away from Brock and Ash who have fancy costumes and are dancing. The terrible people. I liked the fact that they sort of did a Team Rocket thing and switched into costumes and just had fun i suppose it's nice to see the gang actually not have to have a goal they're just chilling out and having fun and relaxing but i'm super appreciative of misty and pikachu spending time together it's really cute going on rides and eating ice cream and then they meet this creepy weirdo i don't know how else to describe him yeah they stumble across this man who's almost being oppressed by his magician's assistant i forgot what she wanted he couldn't pay her because he wasn't earning enough money so she quit and he was groveling at her feet. Yeah, and it seemed a bit dominatrixy. And then he sees Misty and decides that he's going to get her to be his assistant. But he says to her, you're a kind person, aren't you? And Misty's like, well, not especially. And I'm like, ah, Misty, you don't think you're kind? Do you think Misty's kind? She's nice. I don't know if she's kind. I think she's sassy. Definitely sassy. Even later on, she mentions something to Ash in a sassy way. She's nice, but she's not kind. She doesn't go out of her way to be generous to anyone. She's not Kari levels of nice. I think it's because out of the three of Ash and Co, she is like the kindest person. Because she's a girl. Because she's a girl, she has to do these things because that's her gender. Back on track. So this guy has an awful, awful voice. 
it's the most dull and monotone voice of any character we've had in the show so far. It's so monotonous and boring. And I find this entire scene to be really creepy because he's groping towards Misty, calling her beautiful and saying she's the only one who can help him. I'm like, eh, stop it. He's basically putting her into a position where she can't really say no because he's looking so desperate towards her. Like he keeps going being like, oh, please help me. You're the only one who can help me now. Otherwise, I'm going to have no money or whatever. It's like she doesn't have to say yes. It's not a good conversation but she still says yeah and then she ends up being in his stage act and there's about five people in the audience and she's really embarrassed but she's like it's okay because there's no one here really who's gonna see me and then ash and brock appear because why not they do things at a carnival i can see people going to a magician show at a carnival I don't know why she'd be embarrassed, though. It's a bit of a revealing costume. Not really. I mean, she's a water gym leader, so she's been in the water before in swimsuits and stuff. It's a nice it's a nice dress, though. It's like Goldine. Is it a dress, really? A little more like a leotard with decorations all over it. Yeah, it's basically like a leotard with Goldine frills on it. And then Pikachu's got a little blue suit, which is adorable. He starts doing magic tricks, and there's a shot where his hands are two different colours. And I don't know why. One's like paler than the other one. It's weird. It's magic. He's got one magic hand. Yeah. He can genuinely make fire. That's genuine magic or is that just he has a stick that's got gasoline or something in it? Well, the fact that it fails most of the time and then it works for the first time in this episode. I think it's real magic. I think he's making actual magical fire. I don't believe it, though. I think it might just be a mechanism inside the staff cane thing. But it already has made flowers how many mechanisms are in there it's gonna be a trick it's a trick because magic's not real but he's so surprised when it actually works i suppose he didn't expect it to be that powerful but then he gets super into firing it everybody's running away in terror everyone's like stop you're going a bit out of hand and he's just like wow it's happening and firing everywhere and it's like stop stop this and then it hits the sprinklers and they are the worst sprinklers ever because they last about five seconds that's not what's supposed to happen. It will keep going for a long time. Also, his goal is to work in Vegas, apparently. So it's kind of that Vegas is a place in Pokemon. Yeah, Vegas exists in this universe. Definitely. So that's cool. This is the Pokemon universe that we are living in. So Ash and Co. decide to help him with his magic tricks. And they're outside the tent talking to him. And it cuts to Team Rocket when they're talking. And Team Rocket is sunbathing on top of the balloon. I forgot about that completely. Yeah, they're sunbathing on top of the, the hot air balloon. Whilst Meowth is below watching the twerps. And they're just like, tell us what the twerps doing. We're too busy sunbathing. It's like, ah, oh, I love you Team Rocket. I love you so much. They're so good. They're so pure. And they try to be evil, but they're not evil. So they have a plan in mind, which is kind of weird. Because they don't really know what the guy's going to do later on. So how can they hatch a plan? Well, the plan is usually just follow Ash and see what happens. Just wait for things to happen and then just jump whenever we can because they've got nothing better to do than stalk a 10-year-old across the country. If they don't have a new invention to try out, then backup plan is to just follow them everywhere. So Ash decides he's going to do a magic show for them and show him how to do some really cool tricks. And he's got a box with three holes in it. And straight away, you know, there's something in the box doing these things. He was going to make fire water and leaves appear dirt vines what was it what was going to come out the third hole i have no idea but either way he says he's going to summon fire and he plays a little flute and fire comes out of one hole he's going to summon water plays the flute and water comes out a hole and it cuts to inside the box and there's bulbasaur charmander and squirtle 
all crammed inside the box. And I think it's really funny because Charmander turns and its tail burns Squirtle and Squirtle jumps and hits its head on the top of the box. And then Squirtle clearly tells Charmander off. So Charmander moves the other way, burns Bulbasaur and they just all get into like this big tussle inside the box and explode out of it. It's super cute. It's funny. And then we see the execute and Ash is looking at them. Oh, wait, they're talking to Melvin, aren't they? Just like, you, you should use your own Pokemon and see what magic show you can make with them. And they have to give him all the spiel of, you should follow your dreams, like they've done before. Yeah, Ash just calls out Execute because of its crap design. He's like, they don't really look like much, do they? Which is true, they're just a bunch of eggs that aren't eggs, they're more like seeds. They look like eggs and they have faces. Mm, and one of them's cracked open. One of them's always crippled. How do they move? They bounce. How do they start bouncing? Psychic, because they're psychic as well, apparently. Oh, yeah. They're psychic seeds. Because he didn't know that his eggs use hypnosis, and they hypnotise Ash. They weren't really doing anything in his act. They were just there. Just on a stand. (laughs) He juggles them at one point, but they're not really being juggled. They're floating. So Ash is hypnotised, and Melvin starts to give him commands, like walk around like a Bulbasaur. And then he realises that Ash is under his control, and then he just turns evil. He enslaves Ash, makes him ride his cart and he's like i'm gonna make you do that because i don't want to walk and i'm like you're some sort of lazy boring evil person it's gross like he's just decided to enslave ash because he's hypnotized and then he gets ash to identify what these things are because he doesn't know what an executor is how do you not know you have an execute how did he get that in the first place yeah, but like, A, he must have known that Ash had a Pokedex. B, at some point in his life, he's got Execute. Aren't you going to, in a world of Pokemon where they evolve and change, you're given some weird egg things or you obtain some egg things, aren't you going to go, I want to find out what this turns into? Because surely it's not going to be eggs forever. Well... It's not just eggs forever, Stevie. It's got to turn into something else. Well, Ash doesn't look up what his Pokemon are going to turn into. Uh, yeah, I suppose. It's a characteristic of a bad Pokemon trainer, I guess. So then he gets Ash to battle all the executor and he starts capturing them and i'm like why is he doing this ash only wanted to help him he wanted to show him some magic tricks and and help him with his show and the second he gets a chance to take control of ash he's now doing it it's like this this guy is awful he is really evil yeah for no reason he has a better plan than team rocket ever has he could have said, would you help me catch these Pokemon? There are some Pokemon up here and I only have an Execute. Pretty sure Ash would have happily helped him and also caught one for himself. But he wants them all. Yeah, and he catches loads of them. And do you remember that time when Ash caught seven Pokemon and that Pokeball disappeared? <laughs> how curious how he's ended up with a massive pile of Pokeballs. It's almost like they didn't teleport away because he has more than six. Maybe it's because he's magic? I highly doubt it. Maybe he's not a registered Pokemon trainer because he doesn't have his own Pokedex. I suppose if you're registering for the Pokemon League, it means that you have a set of rules which are you can have up to six Pokemon at a time whilst you're doing that. And I suppose if you if you decide to stop being in the Pokemon League and, and aiming to get the badges, you can end up with as many Pokemon as you want with you. I suppose that makes sense. And then he decides to tell ash his plan that he's going to use the executor to hypnotize everybody in town to go and see his show he's just evil like this is the first opportunity he's had to do something like this and he's just jumped on it and he's just straight up evil and then team rocket appear because they don't want to be outdone by this weirdo because he's kind of beaten ash they do a magic trick they get put into a box and then they disappear and they're back on the top of the hot air balloon which is actually a really good magic trick how do they get back up there I have no idea. They clearly jumped out of the hot air balloon, landed on the ground, 
got put into a box and then they're back up in the hot air balloon how they haven't got any pokemon that can fly them up there that quick and where did the box go yeah like they are such good magicians round of applause but there is one slight problem with this they then jump out of the hot air balloon onto the ground and there's jesse james and meowth on the ground who's in the hot air balloon arbok and wheezing neither of them have arms it's gone they're never getting that balloon back they didn't really think this through i think it's being piloted by the box i don't think a hot air balloon has autopilot actually you know what i can see it having autopilot i can see team rocket designing it so they don't have to do any work in that hot air balloon and i can imagine them spending all their time practicing their mottos and coming up with different ways to do the motto because they're dorks team rocket appear and then they're being sassy to melvin and his execute appears and james has the best line be quiet or I'm not the cholesterol out of you. I'm like, James, why are you like this? Is it because it's an egg? It's honestly impressive that they made an egg joke that I've not heard before. It was quite good. I, I enjoyed it. But then, is that when the eggs evolve? Yeah. James seems to have quite the knack for making Pokemon evolve by just f***ing them off. So the executor hypnotise each other by accident and they all start rampaging towards the town. And then Ash gets unhypnotized and co appear as well and they're like we've got to stop the executor you need to elaborate on how he wasn't hypnotized by being trampled no it's the solution to every problem which is just be electrocuted by pikachu pikachu electrocutes him then i forgot what happened to him pikachu just cures everything with electricity so then they head off to stop the executor but they've already gone through town but there's like a really plot convenient curved gorge where they've ran the circle of it and they're coming straight back towards town so the bear or whatever it is i don't know the ringleader yeah the person in charge yeah the person in charge of the carnival decides to put a time bomb in there (laughs) time just right for when the executor get back which is a skill and also where did they get explosives from it's the worst idea it is the worst idea the executor are coming back they're going to kill everyone how do we stop them time bomb (laughs) you know what could also work if melvin just called them all back into their pokeballs oh wow that's genius or you know what else could work Ash goes out, this one 10-year-old child with his Pokemon, which, honestly, it's kind of good. I mean, he tried to help Melvin, and then Melvin's caused a bad, and Ash is like, I'll help with this bad. I'll go and fight this 30-plus evolved Pokemon and use my first-stage Pokemon and also my Pigeon that I have. He doesn't use his Pigeon. No, he never uses the Pigeon unless he needs to send a message to something or search for Team Rocket. In this episode, he only has the starter Pokemon. Conveniently forgets anything else. So he uses Squirtle. Squirtle's attack does nothing. Because grass isn't weak to water. And then he uses Bulbasaur with Razor Leaf. Grass isn't good against grass, but it does give the executor haircuts. There was that one that's just like just a pillar of hair, which I thought was funny. Because what did that? Like There were like lots of leaves and then it gets sliced by another leaf and suddenly it's a pillar of hair. Do you know executor's type? It's grass psychic, isn't it? You're not really good against a grass and psychic type. Bug. Bug. Four times effective because grass is weak against bug and psychic's weak against bug. What Pokemon did he have that would know bug type moves? Butterfree. What Pokemon also uses powder based moves like Stun Spore, which would stop them moving, or Sleep Powder, which would put them all to sleep? Butterfree. This is another example of Butterfree would be really good here. But no. Why did you make me miss Butterfree? I'm reminding you that Butterfree is an amazing Pokemon. I know, but. It- He's gone now. We have to let him go. Nope, not for this season. But it hurts too much. I'm sorry that I brought 
Butterfree up, but it's important that you should know that this is another episode. This is about the fourth episode where Butterfree would be useful. Butterfree is always useful. Butterfree is always useful. So then he tries Charmander. And fire is good against grass, to no surprise. 41 episodes, and he's now learning the basic types again. But it's not enough because Charmander can't use its attacks too many times. I think it's running out of PP. PP. So uh, they come up with the ingenious idea of Melvin using its his fire staff. It's. It's. Melvin's just a horrifying monster. He is an it. He's an awful creature who was waiting for the opportunity to be evil. And until then was just really dull and boring. Yeah, he's still dull and boring though. So yeah, he uses his, what I think is genuine fire magic to help finish off all the executor and it's it's what i believe is a tiny charmander trapped in a ball so all the executor aren't hypnotized anymore and it's all good yep they stop the rampage and instead of melvin returning them to the pokeballs they just walk away because problem solved they march away all except his original one or maybe it's not his original one we don't know there's just an executor here i think it's the original it probably is but i kind of like to imagine it's not his original one realised how awful he is and realised that he's now part of a group of about 30 and decided just to leave. And there's just this other one who's like, yay, people. And then Charmander evolves into Charmelelelemelan, who is awesome. And almost burns Ash's ear off. Because he's now a sassy teen. He's angsty. Charmangster. It would work if he hadn't already evolved to Charmeleon. It's too late. So Ash has now got one of his first Pokemon, one of the starter Pokemon to evolve to the next level. Which is cool. Only took half the first series. It only took 41 episodes for him to finally get one of his starters to evolve. He got Charmander in episode 11, I think. 30 episodes to evolve it. Whereas Butterfree was fully evolved after being owned for maybe two episodes. (laughs) This is ridiculously slow. I'm glad it was Charmander that evolved first, though, because I do think he's the one that's been used most. He's used in a lot of situations. Actually, no, they all use fairly... Evenly. I think Squirtle's used the least. Yeah, Squirtle's mainly when there's fire. Charmander's whenever it's dark. Bulbasaur's whenever... He's falling off a cliff or something. Yeah, Bulbasaur's just the default choice for everything, even when he's the wrong type to be used. Do you remember when he used Bulbasaur, the grass Pokemon, against the grass gym leader? Yes. Because he's smart. He also used it against Executor, the grass Pokemon. Because he's smart. And then they all say farewell to Melvin. And his executor's dancing beside him. And it has four heads. Yeah, executor has four heads. Is it supposed to have four heads? Yes. I could have sworn executor always had three. No. I need to look this up because I can swear that executor's designed to only have three heads. They might even have five heads. I just don't think you could see them all at the same time because they're around the trunk. Maybe Alolan executor has three heads. Alolan executor has three heads and the one on its tail. Can we just take a moment to talk about Alolan executor for a second? It is the best Pokemon. It's just neck. <laughs> they did what they do in Digimon. When Digimon evolved, they just stretched them out. In this, they just they just took the executor and just stretched it. Okay, I've done my research, and the Wikipedia page says I can have three to six heads. Ah. I guess it's just easier to design it with three heads and draw it then, because I've never seen one with more heads before. Thinking about, like, execute, though. What happens if you split up the execute? Can you, like, merge different execute together? And still have just one execute. There is something about this in one of the Pikachu specials at the start of one of the movies. So we'll have to talk about it then. It's a weird Pokemon. Yeah, it is. If you take away one of the eggs, is it still an execute? Do you then have two execute? We'll talk about it soon because I think it's for the second movie. 
think it's the start it's the pikachu special for the second movie so we'll be talking about it pretty soon okay i'm done with notes for this my final note is that at one point misty agrees with ash and ash just says say what oh yeah yeah and that was funny and that's it that was my only note that i didn't mention earlier what is your favorite thing for what i think is a first i'm actually going to say ash okay that is monumental because honestly he had a fun time in the episode he used his pokemon in fun ways for the magic act and stuff battling there was lots of using his pokemon in battles and most of the time he used the right pokemon at least eventually he was nice in this episode i mean yet like you said he went and just wanted a good time at the carnival then he offers to help melvin comes up with magic tricks on the fly you know he did he doesn't know magic but he was like i'll fight i'll think of something real quick that we i could show them to show them how you can implement your Pokemon and magic tricks. He then decides to stand up against the 30-plus executor that are stampeding through a town, even though he has pretty basic Pokemon. He still decides that he's going to try and fight them. He did a lot. He was good. And there's also the whole bit where he's hypnotised, and that was good. My favourite thing was Misty and Pikachu hanging out, because I thought it was really cute, because if you ever see Pikachu, he's always with Ash, and it's always Ash and Pikachu, or when he's being taken by Team Rocket. So it was really nice to see misty and pikachu have a little bit of alone time it was cool also pikachu holding an ice cream is really cute i think pikachu holding anything is really cute with these tiny little hands it's really execute that was bad overall thoughts it was okay i found melvin just really mind-numbingly boring yeah it was interesting like how he just became evil for no reason but he's just so dull his voice just is so bland (laughs) melvin definitely takes points off this episode it would be a good episode if he was better voice acted. Or it wasn't made to just be really, really boring. There were just plot holes in this. Like, Melvin could have used the Pokeballs. And no one calls him out for being evil. He wanted to take over the town with the psychic plants. So that they could come and watch his magic show. At no point does anybody go, hang on. You stole a child that was hypnotised. And then you tried to hypnotise all of us. You also caused this stampede to happen. No one's bothered by that. I think it's because he's so boring they didn't, like, pay attention to him. Well, he did get fired for almost burning down the carnival, at least. I suppose, yeah, now he hasn't got a job. It's okay, he'll he'll do something else. This episode is fine. It's okay, yeah. We had Charmeleon happen, which was really good. I think they should have rewritten Melvin a little bit and made him less boring. And evil? Yeah, maybe he could have just asked Ash to come and help him with these executor, but instead, no, he had to be evil for some reason it's amazing how he comes up with these plans as well considering how little knowledge of pokemon he seems to have really confusing (laughs) it's almost like he grows up in a world that doesn't have pokemon like he just doesn't seem to care about them but he makes plans that require knowledge of pokemon he chose execute as his pokemon i mean who does that are we ready to move on yes the second episode we're watching is sea sick and tired to no one's surprise pixiemon dies the kids end up back on the beach with the phone booths and Shellmon attacks them once again, but is taken down by some of the rookies, making Ty think that they may have become stronger. They all fall for a trap set by Scorpiomon, one of Metal Sudramon's goons, except for Mimi and Joe, who are chased for quite a while, but eventually defeat Scorpiomon. They rescue the rest of the kids, but are then chased out to sea on Zudamon by Metal Sudramon himself, who easily beats Lilymon and Zudamon, leaving them all stranded in the middle of the ocean with nowhere to run. Digimon, digital monsters, Digimon, so Pixiemon has sent them all away and they end up at the ocean with the phone booths where they started and Ty says that they've gone in one big circle 
they've not gone in one big circle. They've just returned to a place they've been to before. That wasn't the start of their journey. And this is not the end of their journey. If they come back to the same place, it doesn't mean you've gone in a big circle. But then Matt even says that if they've gone in one big circle, it's all pointless. It's like, no, it's not all pointless. You've achieved so much and done so many things and saved the world so many times. And then Sora's like, maybe the whole point of it is that it's pointless. I'm like, why is everyone getting involved in this? It's not pointless. You've not gone in a circle. You've kind of gone in a circle, but not. this is not the entirety of the journey. It's not gone in one big circle, finished. You've returned to a place where you start, uh, well, one of the places you visited, but that's not going in a big circle. They've gone in a big circle. But then, like, everybody just gets involved in it saying, oh, no, well, I guess the entire adventure didn't mean anything. It's like, it, it did. A lot of things happened. I don't know. When I get back from university, I do sometimes feel like I've just gone in a big circle and not really done anything. Yeah, but you haven't saved the world a couple of times you don't know that from the ocean they hear the sound of someone panicking and asking for help and there's a life ring like none of the children question why there is a person here and then they all find a conveniently placed kayak and row out to help the person but like they said the digimon are weak it's like if they're weak why did they digivolve moments later and also it's shellmon it's it's not a person it is shellmon but they've gone out on the boat. How does Shellmon know that they're not going to send maybe Zudomon or something out there? Shellmon assumes it's going to be the kids. And it's not just one of the kids or two of the kids. It's the entire gang. Which is a bit weird. Yeah, as a hunting strategy, it doesn't really work for anyone other than the kids. I'm pretty sure Shellmon didn't talk at the start, did it? It definitely did not. She's like, that's the sort of noise it made. Maybe it's got educated. Maybe they knocked some sense into it last time. Also, like, if it wanted to kill the kids, why didn't it wait until they got up to it and then come up from underneath and eat them instead of just coming up out of the water, screaming at them, and then the kids swimming away? He's not that smart. But then the kids are trying to swim away, and Agumon says that they should go and help. And then Motimon says, save your digi-strength. What's digi-strength? It's the most important statistic. I don't think it's an actual thing. I think it's just called strength. But they're Digimon, and they have strength, so it's digi-strength. But we get a lot of evolutions. We get... Palmon, Tentamon, Gomamon, Beamon, so that's four evolutions to pad out time. Which begs the question, why didn't they do that in the first place? Because if one of them can swim, two of them can fly, wouldn't it be a lot quicker for them to go out into the ocean to help the person drowning instead of eight kids in a boat? Nah. So they go out and they attack Shelmon because they're not weak enough. Because even though they would, we've just been told that they're too weak and they should go out instead. They defeat Shelmon and they come back and Ty says that last time they had to use Greymon to defeat Shelmon so does that mean they've got stronger and uh yeah there's a really funny line where Tentamon says to Izzy do I look stronger Izzy and Izzy's like I don't know make a muscle and uh Tentamon's like I was and he falls down it's like oh bless them he says like flex a muscle no he says make a muscle well you can do that as well yeah but I think it's it's really cute the way it's like make a muscle I was I liked all the little exchanges that they had with the Digimon it was kind of time-consuming, though, because every single person had to do it. Not everyone did it. I think, like, maybe five of them did. I don't think Joe did, and I don't think Mimi did. I think everybody else did. But, like, even Kari says it, and Kari says that she looks the same and Gatamon's sad. It's like, okay, but you met her two days ago. Yeah, that's really silly. And also, Kari says that Gatamon will catch up soon. Gatamon's a whole level above everyone else. She should have much more Digi-Strength than every other Digimon. She could punch them all in the face when they were Digivolved. In the Digi-Face. With her Digi-Fist, using her Digi-Strength. So then, out of nowhere, a Shaq appears, and everyone's like, was that Shaq there before? And I'm like, why are they falling for this? Don't fall for this. Are you sure it wasn't there? But I can smell food, so I better go in there. 
They all run in there apart from Joe and Mimi because Mimi falls over. And I'm like, this is a trap and you're falling for it. It's a trap. Even Ty is like, even if it is a trap, I don't care because food. I'm like, okay, but if it's a trap, there won't be food, will there? Why this? They shouldn't have fallen for this. They've had this happen before. I don't know. I just made a weird noise. You did. Is it the second time or third time they've been illusioned? It was Devimon the first time. I don't know if there are any more times. Maybe on the cruise ship with Kokotorimon. They were offered food there and that was wrong. I mean, that was a trap. This is the third time they're like, oh, there's food and it's, there's not going to be food. Even just before they've had, oh, there's a person that needs help. It was a trap. They've gone from one trap to another and they haven't learned. They're guilty of Ash Ketchum syndrome. So they all end up in inside this, apart from Joe and Mimi, they end up inside this empty shack and then a wall of sand blocks it. And I'm like, they could just escape out, out the side. It's literally a thin wall of wood. They have at least three Digimon in there that can make fire. I think burning down the building that you're in is a bad idea. Yeah, but blowing a hole in the wall on the side to escape from a shack. They're not that fast at thinking. I mean, their initial thought when they saw the shack was, let's all run inside. And then they're like, oh, well, I mean, if it's a trap, I don't care if it's going to be a trap. I just want food. So then Scorpiomon appears, who is weird looking. It's not really that much of a scorpion. I think the dub changed it. Yeah, it's it's not a scorpion. It's a Anomalacarus, I think it's called. It's like a fossil fish scorpion thing. Anorith, the Pokemon, is based on it. So yeah, he puts the kids to sleep. And then doesn't kill them. And I'm like, why Why aren't you killing them? You should kill them. You should probably kill them now because they're asleep and defenseless. But no, he has to wait for Metal Seedramon to appear. And Metal Seedramon appears and gives him clams because he wants clams. And then he busts his head in to see the kids. And he's like, there's some missing. Go and find them. Metal Seedramon doesn't really move a lot in this episode. When you see his whole body in this scene that the image of him just gets dragged from the right hand side to the left hand side of the screen it's bad animation left to right that's what i said didn't i you said right to left close enough also there's just no lip syncing whatsoever for metal seedramon that's because his mouth doesn't move it can move yeah but it doesn't move it's just uh constantly open mouth it's very hard. It'd be so funny if Metal Seedramon actually spoke like that. It'd be funny if he just constantly screams, just, Ah! My mouth is glued open! It'd be funny if his mouth is open, but his little nose hole moves. <laughs> he talks through the nose hole. I'm really worried about him now, because he can't seem to close his mouth, and every time he goes underwater, he must just swallow tons of it. So yeah, he says to go and find the other kids. He cuts straight to chasing the kids. Like, he turns around and is chasing them. Like, at no point did he have to look for the kids. They're just behind him, apparently. They were hiding around the corner of the shack. But he just literally just turned around and, and is chasing the kids. And the chase scene is pretty funny. Well, he hasn't got legs. He's got little um, spindly knife things. It's just really long and stupid. Using little spindly knife things to run across sand is not the best choice. So it's kind of funny. And then we get more evolutions. We get Ikakuman and, and Togemon first. And they're fighting for a little bit and then nothing much really happens. And then they evolve again because we need three lots of evolutions in the episode to pad out time. And then they defeat him. And then they're they're going back to the shack to save the others. And Zudamon is just dragging it behind him. And Joe's like, did you really have to bring a souvenir? I'm like, yes, this is so good. He's just like, I'm taking this. This is mine. Just drag Scorpion along. And then they wake up everyone in the shack and leave Scorpion in there. No, not yet. Metal Cedron is breathing fire. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's cool. Why haven't you killed the kids yet? He's breathing fire into the sky, not at the shack. 
enough time for them to get into the shack get everybody out like what i don't get is how did metal sudramon not see zudramon go into that shack and also drag scorpiomon in there as well i don't know and also he hasn't killed the kids yet he's just waiting for scorpiomon to bring back joe and mimi what probably happened is Metal Sudramon started surfing the web, and he just got distracted by all of his Twitters and Facebooks. That wasn't a thing in that time. I don't know. MySpace. Was MySpace around in 2000 or whenever this was? There were most of the kids there, asleep, defenceless, and floated there with his two little tail fins slapping together. He's like, do do ba do wasting time, because plot. No, it's not. It's like, uh, 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 Because he can't move his mouth. Either way, it was bad. He should have killed the kids when he had the chance. So they all escape on Zudamon. Oh, I forgot to mention, actually, well, before we go too far ahead. So we had uh, Zudamon and Lilymon appear, evolution-wise. And they both did an attack each and defeated Scorpiomon. So the battle took less time than the evolution sequence. There were a couple cool things in the battle, though. They both did an attack each. There was one thing where Zudamon blocked an attack with his shell. Yeah, but then he did an attack and then won. Well, that's how digifights work. The Digimon with the greater Digi-strength, Digi-wins. So then Metal Sudamon sets fire to the thing and Scorpiomon's still in there and the kids run away and then Scorpiomon runs past Metal Sudamon and is having a conversation with him whilst on fire. He's like, oh, oh, it's you, boss. Hey, sorry, I didn't know you could do that. Having a little conversation as he's running away and is also on fire. And then he gets angry because he didn't kill the kids like because the kids escaped i'm like okay but you had enough time to kill six of them whilst he was off kill it finding the other two for you he wants to kill the whole set at once i guess he's like myotis mon with stupid plans all the dark masters are taking turns to attack because they're trying to i don't know prove who's the best so we're all just taking a shot at it yeah i could see them being the sort of people who are like we're the strongest ones in the land let's see who's the actual strongest Instead of fighting each other, let's see who can take out the kids. Okay, Metal Sudramon goes first. And at this point, he just, for some reason, doesn't kill the six that he has unconscious in the shack. It's dumb. It's dumb and weird. The kids should have died several times in the series. Do you remember the time when they were standing in front of Davidramon, just doing nothing? That was a good one. Yeah. Or the time that Motusmon had Matt and TK, both with their Digimon weak and rookie levels actually no there wasn't even there was no patamon there was literally just gabum on there but no he decided to kill his own minions instead because that made sense yeah so lilymon decides to try and stall metal sudramon she does a pretty good job but metal sudramon's a really good shot manages to aim lilymon directly into mimi's arms with a tail swipe so as lilymon's falling she devolves back into palmon and then just lands in mimi's arms that's such a, a precise shot and then he knocks them off of Zudamon and they're in the water and they all look like they're struggling to swim but they can swim because we've never seen them struggle swimming before they are wearing the clothes well we've seen joe almost drown saving tk actually okay i'm not bothered by them struggling to swim and the episode ends on a cliffhanger with metal Sudramon looking over all the kids and their digimon in the ocean struggling to stay afloat so that's a pretty good cliffhanger i have no idea what's going to happen next who has any idea how will they escape it does make the episode quite short though it was only 19 something minutes long and five of those was did evolutions and uh title music and also credits maybe about 15 minutes of episode any more notes there's a shot with tk and kari standing next to each other and they're both really short and it's cute uh-huh and what else is it just the fact that they're short yeah okay so small but we know they're small we've ever since we've met them we know that they're small i know but i only just noticed it really in this shot you, you didn't know how small they are it's emphasized how small and adorable they are 
Cool. Favorite things. My favorite thing was Mimi's shoe. Because if her shoe hadn't fallen off, they all would have died. And this would be the end of adventure. That is actually true. So if Mimi wasn't so fashion focused and had that pair of shoes on, they would have all died. Thank you, Mimi Shoe, for actually saving the kids. Mimi Shoe is the true hero of Digimon Adventure. What was your favourite thing, and why? My favourite thing was Metal Sudramon when he's actually in the sea, because he was a genuine threat at that point, and wasn't dumb. He just was there to kill them. He wasn't just a weird floaty thing. Yeah, he didn't just levitate across the screen. Instead, they actually had him wiggling, I guess you'd say, as he flew around and then went in, and then just swatted. Lilymon out of the sky and he rammed Zudemon. He rammed Zudemon so hard. Yeah, instead of if he had swum underneath and like maybe fired his nose laser from them underneath, he could have killed them, but instead he had to appear next to them and ram into them. Plus, Metal Zudemon is cool. I like his design and his Digivolution line. What are your overall thoughts? I liked Mimi and Joe having focus for an episode because they don't tend to get a lot of time, and if they do, it's because Mimi's a girl in fashion. And that's bad. And Joe, because he's awkward, and that's bad. So it's nice to see them being the ones who have to save everybody else because everybody else were dumb and decided to run into a, a clearly a trap. But apart from that, it's short. It's a lot of evolution sequences. It was a bit weird. Yeah, it's littered with bad jokes that just kill any tension. And also just awful decisions on Metal Sudramon's part. On everybody's part, the kids for running into the trap. Metal Sudramon's for not killing the kids whilst they're in the trap. Scorpion for existing it wasn't that bad i kind of think it's cool there's like a small group of aquatic digimon that i think are pretty cool i, I did think we'd see more water digimon yeah we only saw the one besides metal sudramon and zudamon who we've seen before and shellmon that we've seen before overall i'd just say it was okay i'm glad we're not in the myotismon arc anymore i am appreciating that yeah metal sudramon's not as bad as myotismon also we're in the, di the digital world, I was kind of sick of Japan because it, it doesn't get as varied as it does in the digital world. Yeah, they don't explore as much. It's just a city and you can only see a city so many times. Now it's time for Mono A Mono where we talk about the similarities and the differences in these episodes. So let's start with our Monsters of the Week. What's yours? Charmander! Really? Mine's Charmeleon. Cool! Yay! We, we both like the little lizard. I've always liked Charmander. It was cool because he's a fire-type Pokemon and he breathed fire and then he evolved because he did lots of breathing fire. Which makes sense, actually. <laughs> it's how the Pokemon games work. They do lots of battles and then they evolve. So yeah, I like Charmander. He was really cute, but I also like Charmeleon because even though we've seen him for maybe five seconds, it tried to murder Ash. <laughs> so I'm excited to see how this little fire lizard psycho gonna be shown he's a darker shade of red than all the other evolutions which i've never understood yeah he goes from like like a, a bold orange to a dark red to a lighter than them all orange why can they not just have consistent orange <laughs> consistent orange pokemon get yourself together sort it out pokemon what are you playing at yeah i mean you've got eggs turning into trees and now you've got Orange lizards that become red lizards. Did you not listen to the Pokedex entry? They're more like seeds. I don't care. They are eggs. They're seeds. It says egg in the name. It's cracked. They have cholesterol in them. Which one do you think had the best storyline? I think it's definitely Pokemon this week. Because Pokemon has a plot beyond just let's run away. I actually thought it was Digimon this week. Why? Because 
Pokemon felt a bit sloppy with its mood swing halfway through. Like, there was no reason for the guy to turn evil. It made no sense, and then it never gets mentioned. He just is evil for evil. He was trying to follow his dreams. By controlling people. If he had succeeded, what would have happened? He would have ended up with a town full of hypnotised people clapping monotonously at his show. Then what? What happens then? Then he gets famous. He won't, though, because he's got a town that are hypnotised. He can just hypnotise them to go on the tweeters. I mean, at some point he's got to stop hypnotising them and then they're going to all get him arrested or something. I'm not saying he's smart. Or entertaining. No, he's definitely not entertaining. Or interesting. No, he's not that either. Or funny. Or good at magic. He wasn't really good at anything. He didn't really do magic either. All he did was have his eggs float for a minute and then fire out fire from a contraption. But I liked the plot. I think the plot of Pokemons was still better, because Digimons was consistently just, we're running away now. Now we're running away from a different thing. Now we're running away from Metal Sigemon again. Uh, the Executor were running, I'll have you know. They weren't running away from anything, they were running towards something. At one point they were running away from the town. They were running back towards the town, actually. Well, they have to run away from the town to turn around and run back to the town. They were running towards a gorge, which led to the town. But they were still running away from the town. No, they weren't. They were running towards the town. And then they turned around and ran towards away from it. They weren't running away from anything trying to kill them. The Executor don't run away from anything. They just march away from everything. They weren't marching, though. They were literally stampeding. Well, a march is a controlled stampede, actually. Any similarities in these episodes? The only one that I could think of was quite a lot of fire attacks being used in both of them. Or there were fire attacks in both. There was also water with Squirtle and also the, the literal ocean. There was also trees. There's also people. And things chasing things. Was the chasing in Pokemon? Not really. Brock and Misty chasing after Ash. I think that's a stretch. Melvin chasing his dreams. Okay, I'll buy that. Any differences? We're on to the final arc of Digimon, where we're basically against the Elite Four, which is the Dark Masters. Meanwhile, Ash is still going from place to place, having a fun time, and only has six out of the eight badges. Yeah, and he's only just got Charmeleon. Progress in Digimon seems much more rapid. Also, one I've got is that one of them was light-hearted, but ended up turning dark because of Melvin, because he decided to kidnap Ash and then was going to take over a town. And then Digimon was dark, but went light-hearted with the goofy minion and Metal Seedramon being, like, not threatening whatsoever. Yeah, that is quite a contrast. I did think of another similarity, though. We have characters not learning from past experiences, because Ash is still just throwing out whatever type Pokemon he fancies. And the Digidestined kids just run straight into a trap, which is pretty much exactly the same as other traps they've fallen for. Yeah, that's, that's a good one as well. Consistency. Consistently failing. They're consistently inconsistent. And which episode did you enjoy the most? I enjoyed Pokemon more. Okay. If you ignore Melvin, it's just fun. Oh, okay. I had Digimon, but actually saying that, if you think about it, if I if I deduct Melvin from the equation, it was actually kind of good. Because they're not in a forest anymore, which is what they normally do. They're having fun and relaxing and they help a person. They don't start being lost. Okay, yeah, I'm going to say Dig uh, the, po um, the Pokemon one. So we are in agreement. Yes, we are. Digimon's was very blasé. <laughs> Look at you using fancy words. I'm certain there's another simpler, less flamboyant word I could use. But I can't think of it right now. Spoofy. Yeah, it was very silly. Considering the plot was... The kids are kidnapped and they're going to be killed and they are helpless. There was a lot of jokes and silliness and falling over and stumbling and clams. Yeah, there wasn't much tension at all until the very end with the cliffhanger and Metal Sujimon hunting them down. Before that, it was all very 
Goofy. So that means the score is 22-19 to Pokemon. Pokemon's actually five points away from a guaranteed draw. That's kind of cool. The end is near. Join us again next time where we'll be watching episode 42. It's under pressure. And the problem with Paris. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes or Stitcher, where we like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, with the world's red and email, which are all linked in the show notes, along with my Patreon. Thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Butterfree. Primate. Almost Pikachu. <laughs>